back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket. My name is Nate Brennan. He's the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. We want to hear from you, 402-464-5685, Honda of Lincoln Outline, Starter Aim and Text Line. Chime in, because we're going to talk about what we like to talk about best here at 93.7 The Ticket, and that's Husker football. For better or for worse, we're going to break it down, and we're going to talk to some of the experts that know it and follow it best. That's how we're going to bring in one of our favorites here, Brian Munson on three, Husker Online. Brian, good to hear from you. How you doing? Hey, guys. What's up? Yeah, well, we're, we're just getting hanging through a there. Monday. It's uh, We're hanging in there. I think that's the best way to describe it. And first question I got for you, Brian, because this is the one that confused me the most when it comes to uh, this past weekend. We'll break it all down. We'll get into some of the, the intricacies and all that. Um Logan Smothers comes in to end the first half, and we literally don't hear his name again for the rest of the game. Why is that? I have no idea. Um, I I was a little bit confused about um, about that. I was a little bit confused with where Purdy seemed to be with his readiness to to get in there in the, in, in the second half or be upon ever basically. As, to take over for Casey in a situation like that, or you know, just being prepared in general, I was a little bit, I was a little bit stunned. I also didn't didn't Coach Joseph say that that he would expect to see Smothers second half, and yeah. it turned out that it was Purdy, or is that did I say that back? Did I say that differently yeah. or say that wrong? Yeah. yeah. So he he said too that we should be looking for that, but it turned out that that it was actually something else other than what we were expecting to kind of see, and I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the value would be right there to kind of be deceptive. So um, I, I'm I'm confused. Uh, so I heard some of the comments about you know you only get you only get a guy ready and the other guy may be doing mental reps. I understand a little bit. I understand the, I understand the dilemma that Nebraska is in. You can either get a guy fully ready to go um, and roll the roll the base you know, essentially with not having anybody else basically ready to kind of take on those snaps other than the guys that are just sitting there doing reps in their head. And something like that would appear. Otherwise, you can take your 50-50 or your 60-40 or whatever other way you want to slice it and basically maybe not Casey completely and totally uh, ready to, to go ahead and play on Saturday because he could have used the additional reps weeks. They're, they're in a really, really bad spot when it kind of comes to that because there's just – I think that you cannot – you cannot predict, uh, say, the chaos of a Big Ten football game and the type of pressure that's going to be put put on you with the with the varying pre- with the varying defenses and the looks and the blitz packages and 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 the the personnel. I mean, you can't replicate that. You can try to. It's just impossible to kind of do it at a hundred miles an hour and at a hundred percent. So. Um, there were a lot of question marks about about that part, though, from last Saturday. Yeah, it was. 
really confusing to me, too, because we talk about, or at least we talked about at the beginning of the season, this short leash that Casey Thompson was on. Well, I certainly wish Chubba Purdy was on a short leash because he couldn't really do much of anything throughout the entire second half. Um, so I guess on the other point to that, Brian Munson, Husker Online, joining us. Uh, my, my next follow-up question, then, is is Mickey Joseph, it sounds like Casey Thompson dealing with this injury and might be might not be available this upcoming Saturday. Um, yeah. What kind of spot does that put Nebraska in? Does that worry you a little bit? Uh, it has to. I mean, uh, well, think about this, guys. I mean, the adjustment Nebraska made on Saturday, you know, when Casey Thompson unable to, to finish up the game on, on Saturday was they rolled Chubba out there. Obviously, how ineffective that was. But really, I think, didn't Anthony Grant end with 12 rushing attempts? Yeah. Wasn't even like an attempt to kind of get things going. Now, I understand it. I understand the other side of that. Well, you need scores. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know what else you need, though, is that to not take time off the clock yeah. and to basically put your in a where this could be a blowout. And and we've seen that, too. We, we've absolutely seen it go the other way where the offense is not – the offense can't get any – rolling they put the defense in a bad spot because it keeps them on the football field over and over and over again and I really you know I, I like the way things started out for Nebraska I'm not gonna lie to you I I, I like the way things were going I like they got that stop and uh, things just came to such a crashing halt you know so very quickly when Casey got hurt and everything flipped on its head yeah I I would have to say that that is true, Brian, in a lot of ways. But one, there, there was a couple turning points to the game, I think, as well. And one of those had to be, for me, was when, you know, the big penalty. I mean, they had a third down and long, and they stopped them. And mm-hmm. Luke Reimer just had a dumb penalty in the yeah. third. When you're trying to get back into the game, it was a second and long. DeVito is running out of bounds, and you just – you know, lost your head for a second. So stuff like that. Then you had the short screen game that worked a nice one with Brewington where you could have did that a little bit. They went away from it. It was like a lot of the things where they had success to me, they went away from. Do you think that's due to the quarterback change or you just think that they kind of lost their way when they found themselves down so big? Yeah, I think they kind of lost their way. And and it's such a, it's such a great point that you bring up about Luke and that, and that bad penalty Looks like he may have been taunted a little bit, maybe as the, as the, run, as the quarterback is running out of bounds. But at that point, right there, got to keep composure. That's a, that's such a goading, you know, so to speak, where where he's trying to get you to do something that's that's out of character and cost your team yardage and put you in a bad spot again. But I, I feel like um, there were a couple different things. I thought that Anthony had run the ball very well. I thought that, to your point, the the Brewington screen pass worked worked very well. They could never get things going with Trey very well as, as the day kind of went on. The Vokalik pass, you know, they never really kind of reengaged with the tight end position. I just felt like at that point there, it was just spaghetti on the wall. There was just there was no consistency to it. There didn't seem to be a flow. It was kind of trying to find. You know, if, if you've got a if you've got a, a playbook that that Casey Thompson is capable of running, and Purdy is incapable of running parts of that, and then parts of something else, you're trying to find that 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 sweet spot, maybe a little bit, where the team has prepared to some sort of the extent of what you guys did all week, 
to where Purdy can do that and run it effectively enough to where you can be productive as opposed to do something entirely different for another guy because it's a completely set of uh, a different set of uh, skill set. Um, and that, and that's really, really difficult. I think to do, I, I, I would have, I would have liked to have seen maybe just a few more, just the, the repetitive things, mixing it up with formations, basically the same play designs, you know, behind the scenes, just kind of, you know, running through this gap and running through that gap and getting the outside and these same pass plays over and over again and, and then mix it up with looks and motion. And I just, they just went away from, from everything to where it just didn't seem to have a, a lot of consistency as a, consistency, consistency at all. Brian Munson, Husker Online, joining us. Brian, what's what's kind of your takeaway from the offensive line? Because I was talking to Strick about this. Given the circumstances where you're playing one of the best defensive lines in the country, statistically the best defense in the country, I thought all things considered, the offensive line obviously still worked to be done, but I don't think they looked awful given the circumstances. Uh, they had some I, – I would agree. I would agree for the most part. I think – I think, however, where the breakdowns occurred, particularly on the injury, on the block PAT, mm-hmm. um, yes, yes, oh, uh, there's okay. a couple other spots there. They were so glaring, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it seemed almost fundamental to me in a couple different ways when you when you rewatch some of those plays about how they don't roll protection or how you get caught up on a right. helmet on a helmet as opposed to playing some more zone and, 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 and watching for that late blitz coming up the middle that, that hit Thompson or – just the the whole PAT itself, it, it just you just sat there and you just kind of go, oh, really? Goodness. I yeah. mean, it was it was just it it lacked everything uh, in terms of effort to kind of to kind of care about it. But yeah, they um, I thought overall not terrible, but when they did break down, mm-hmm. they broke down uh, cataclysmically. Do you think that this is going to be something teams are going to be focused on Trey Palmer? Because Strick talked about this too, like. There were a lot of one-on-ones for Trey Palmer, but Illinois, credit to them, they did a really good job of, of shutting Trey down and, and as being one of the biggest X-factors and, and most athletic guys on this offense, do you think moving forward throughout the rest of the, the Big Ten season, that's going to be a focus for a lot of these teams? He can count on it, and Nebraska yeah. should count on it too. I mean, uh, Nebraska essentially is going to say, like, look, uh, that is Thompson's number one target. We can make them uh, essentially have to spread the ball out in other ways. We can bracket him. We could put our top guy on him. We could stay with him across the field. Illinois was not bad in the back end. I mean, they had they had some dudes. They had some really good looking dudes playing in the secondary. Um, So you have got if you don't have those types of playmakers, there are other ways to kind of mix things up and and keep basically you know Trey out of any type of box score. And, and and challenge Nebraska to have to go do other things. The, the good news is Nebraska has those other playmakers, mm-hmm. but it just seems like there's going to be a need for a week's worth of practice, and they're going to have to figure out if it's Purdy or Smothers or Masker or Harburg or, or even Torres who gives them the best chance to go out there and put points on the board. It is it's really one of those it's really one of the most bizarre kind of things where after you've seen number two to see the distance between number two and number one right. it, it's not just it's not just like a week's worth apart of prep apart it, it's like a light year and it just it just seemed like nothing could get going at all for Nebraska whatsoever I think I think what's maybe what uh, probably has to have Whipple and Mickey Joseph's eye a little bit is you start to mix in a couple of guys that have a little bit better athleticism. 
and I think I think you start to bring in, you know, uh, you bring in Smothers, who clearly has got some great legs. Purdy is an underrated athlete. Uh, Harburg, also a very good athlete. Um, if you've got a situation where you had to kind of mix things up a little bit, where you're going to do going to do this and run it till the wheels fall off a little bit, you might at least see that you got. Uh, if you're bucketing, you're bucketizing and, and matrixing your 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 quarterback room, you might put those athletes into a single bucket and say. Let's see who can go out and do this because we're going to need an ability to take some pressure off of our offense, and it's going to be through the quarterback's legs this Saturday. Yeah, I, I also wanted to just kind of just get your thoughts on this because I, I, I think one of the things I'm hoping to see from Nebraska, if not the rest of this year, in the future, but you definitely can see a contrast between the Illinois defense and the Nebraska Cornhusker defense. Early on, you saw a lot of gap integrity. Yeah. You saw a lot of, you know, lane that they were filling and they were there and they, they shut the, you know, chase down a little bit, right? But then you just you just saw the continued pressing and pounding of that situation where there was seemed to be a little bit more discipline on the Illinois side and it paid off because that's where you got the turnovers and then it just we kind of started to break down and gaps started to open up a little bit to allow space so in that oh and, and last one of the other contrasts so you saw that as a contrast between the defenses but you also saw catch run tackle that's one of the other contrasts that you see. Do that is something do you think can be fixed in the year, or like you said, we need to add more talent, add more, you know, guys that that really can do that type of job in order to make those changes that need to be done on the defensive side. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of at that point right now where it, it, it's kind of a it, it is what it is kind of a scenario. I watched the um, what was the. Uh, what was the touchdown play where there was a, like an underneath crossing route and uh, we kind of had to break down the secondary with the safety play. And, and it was just like kind of lost with your eyes a little bit watching that eye candy underneath and then get burned over the top or, or it crosses your face. I, I just feel like this is a, this is a team right now that that's kind of, they're, they're still kind of, they're, they're trying to catch up for lost time within the development aspect of, of the other time that they have been there prior to Mickey Joseph to kind of taking things over and Bill Bush being their, their defensive coordinator. And I don't know really what else to kind of attribute it to. I think that, that you've, you've got a, you've got a group that that's, that they're trying to reduce the responsibilities and, and, and let those guys, you know, kind of take the chains off of them and, and free up their eyes a little bit and say, look, your, your key is just here. Kind of like what you're saying. And if you, if you stay to your key and you, and you stay disciplined and you, and you, and you think about your fundamentals here a little bit, that play, even if it's, you know, it, it'll come back to you if you'll just stay wherever you're at and you, and you, and you stay right. disciplined with what the defense is. But yeah. I, I, I just don't feel like uh, this defense can kind of make that cut still enough from what they have been previously taught and where they had previously put their eyes and what they have had to look for before to where I think Bill and Fisher and the rest of those guys want to kind of take those responsibilities off those guys to let them act quicker. I, I, I think they're have I think they're getting the wires crossed. I think they're still still trying to figure it all out and I think they're kinda of lost in between both systems. Brian, before we let you go, um while everyone was watching the game and, and focused on Nebraska struggles was there anything going on on the recruiting end? Any good news for us? 
<laughs> yeah, there were five new. I think at least five new offers oh, nice. uh, that went out that went out on Saturday night. A lot of you know, I, I I hate to I hate to kind of mix the 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 good with the bad, but I will tell you guys, this staff really does know how to recruit. They know how to take that um, that take that aspect of look look. We we know that we're we know we're struggling, but we're looking for guys like you mm-hmm. to help turn things around. So there's always that kind of sales pitch that you have to have. You have to take that, you have to take that, that standpoint and say, you know, it wasn't a good day and it, and it got a lot worse when we lost our quarterback, but we're looking for guys like you to set the edge. We're looking for guys like you to catch the football. We're looking for guys like you to play center field and center, you know, and safety. Uh, lots of great reports. I've got uh, a, the latest one up from Elijah Thomas uh, went up about uh, about an hour ago. I'm going to be putting in. I literally, I literally have so all five reports for the offers have all gone gone in since Saturday night. I have got updates to come up on Mason Goldman, on Isaac McMorris, on uh, Joseph Cryer, who had the offer from uh, many Louisiana that came in. I and I've got I've got probably six or seven stories to put up here over the next few days just related to this weekend. Oh, and there was another new offer last night to a, a defensive end that didn't even come in from Florida. Um, so a 2024 guy. So there's a there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'll have a lot of good stuff coming up here in the next couple three days. Well, that'll be a good plug, Brian. If people want to get some more great uh, content from you, how can they do so? Head on over to on3.com. Look up the Nebraska site. It's not as clear-cut as kind of going to Husker Online, but that's what you're looking for. You're looking for Husker Online with on3.com. Great sign-up special right now. You're going to get 12 months for 10 bucks. So uh, go ahead and get signed up over there. Some of the best stuff coming out of Sean Callahan and Steve Sippel and, and Abby and Robin are all over there giving you volleyball and, and basketball coverage, too, if that's what you want to get as well. Um, and I'm trying to keep up with recruiting, and recruiting's only going to get crazier. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the month of December will be the craziest month, craziest month of recruiting that any Nebraska fan has ever seen. It's going to be wild. Well, Brian, with that being said, I still to this day have no idea how you guys give that away for $10, but we appreciate you for doing it. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Be good. All right, Brian. We will see you again. Great stuff coming from Brian Munson. That's on three. Husker Online. Uh, Again, I have no idea how they give it away. $10 for 12 months. But, hey, we'll take it. It's definitely the great content that we need. We got to take a quick break. Jay Foreman going to be coming here in studio. Going to have him break down some of Nebraska's struggles. Where does Nebraska go from here? What does this mean for Mickey Joseph? Lots of questions to be answered. We'll ask one Husker Hall of Famer. We'll ask the other Husker Hall of Famer coming up next right here at 93.7 The Ticket.